words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. There was a kangaroo and a camel living side by side in separate enclosures at a zoo. And each night the kangaroo would get out of its enclosure. And each morning the zookeepers would arrive and there was the kangaroo hopping around, idly eating the grass. Well, the zoo officials had a little meeting to decide what to do and decided that their fence wasn't high enough, that the kangaroo clearly was jumping over the top of it. So they built the fence higher, eight feet. Kangaroo won't get over that, they thought. But the next morning when they got there, there was the kangaroo hopping around the zoo, eating grass. So they raised the fence to ten feet. We've got him now, they thought. But the next morning there was the kangaroo hopping around the zoo, eating the grass. And this went on day after day until the fence was twenty feet high. And sure enough, the next day the zookeepers came and there was the kangaroo hopping around, eating the grass. Finally, the camel in the next enclosure leaned over and said to the kangaroo, How high do you think they'll go? And the kangaroo said, I don't know, maybe 50 feet? Or, maybe, one of the zookeepers will remember to lock the gate at night. Sometimes we don't look in the right place. And I suspect the story sometimes we don't look in the right place. Jesus told a parable to some who trusted themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Who do you think Jesus was talking to when he told this story? And who do you think were the people who trusted themselves? and looked at others with contempt. Any ideas? Sanhedrin. Hmm? Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin? Yep, that's one answer. Any others? Well, an obvious one is the Pharisees. It talks about the Pharisees. Well, in fact... The, two st- the problem with the way we read the Bible in these services is we take these stories out from the flow that's happening. So the two previous stories, Jesus was talking to the disciples. Three stories ago, he was talking to the Pharisees. And then the next two stories, he was talking to the disciples. And this one starts with, Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarding others with contempt. And I wonder whether actually he's talking to the disciples. Some of whom were trusting in their own righteousness and looking down their noses at others. Let's just hold that thought. Well, the Pharisees, we often think about the Pharisees as the bad guys, don't we? We think of them as this kind of conservative group of rule keepers that were a negative force in in the Jewish life. And... It is true that Jesus and the Pharisees had a little bit of conflict, a little bit of raru-daru as time went on, but how much there was conflict while he was alive and how much the conflict that's reported in the Gospels is a reflection of the later conflict between the burgeoning Christian church 
and the new leadership within Judaism, which was the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the saviour of Judaism after the fall of the temple. They are the ones that hold it together and allow Judaism to survive the cataclysmic event of losing the temple. How much of the gospel record then is a reflection of the conflict between these two groups at that later stage? Well, we don't know. But in Jesus' time, they were a relatively small group of reformers. How often do we think of Pharisees as reformers? There's probably never not any, any more than 6,000 of them. And they felt that the leadership, the priests and the supporters of Herod, had broken faith with God. They weren't the only ones that thought that. They were concerned ultimately with the holiness of God and that the holiness of God needed to be honoured and respected. And so they meditated on the law as a way of honouring God's holiness. And if you want to know what meditating on the law looks like, read Psalm 119. It's all about how one should meditate on the law. And their practices helped them keep before them the law, which they adhered to in order to honour God's holiness. And so what the Pharisee described as, was described as doing in the story is what happened. They fasted rigorously in the story twice a week. They tithed more than the law required, including on goods purchased, in case the tithe had not been paid for them. They prayed regularly at the temple. They were devout. And all of that makes us think that they were defenders of the status quo. When in fact they were reformers, they were calling Israel back to a stricter adherence to the law. And their actions were also seen as in opposition to the leadership. So the Sanhedrin, the priests, the, the Judean elite, the supporters of Herod had all said that ultimate authority resides in Rome. And the Pharisees said ultimate authority resides in God, not Rome. And so by their strict adherence to the law, they were in effect offering an alternative view to the world, the Roman world order. The Roman world order was emperor at the top with the Roman gods, which then power was kind of diffused down, power was given to the Sanhedrin, power was given to Herod, power was given to all those supporters of those various groups. But all that power came from Rome. And although they went through the mechanics, keeping the temple staff alive, the very fact that they had entered into those arrangements with Rome said ultimately that their power came, their authority came from Rome. And the Pharisees were saying, all power comes from God. So there wasn't a lot of difference, really, between Jesus and the Pharisees. Both were reformers. Both opposed the status quo. Both were viewed with a little bit of scepticism. Both believed in the resurrection. The Pharisees and Jesus both believed in the resurrection, whereas the Sanhedrin did not. They said there was no resurrection. Death is the end. So there's a lot that was similar about them. Where they differed 
and where Jesus differed with lots of people was how they interpreted the law, the Torah. I mean, Jesus still adhered to the Torah, but his understanding of it was different. It was unique. And the thing that the Pharisees said very clearly that comes out in the story is that through their adherence to the law, they made themselves holy or righteous or right with God. And so in this story, we have two people, a Pharisee and a tax collector. And if you were playing Family Feud and you were asked who are the righteous, well, Pharisee would come among the top answers. And tax collectors, you'd get that little <clears throat> noise. No one would have regarded the righteous, the tax collectors among the righteous. So, we have a story where Jesus is talking to some of the some of his own disciples, I think. Disciples who trusted in themselves. And we've already seen that. James and, James and John, who wanted to sit on either side of Jesus. I mean, they were constantly getting it wrong. These people who were with him, getting it wrong. That should, and that should make us a little bit nervous. Because this story isn't about some other group of people which we can sit in here and look over there and go, oh, look at those people getting it all wrong. But actually this is about us. Us getting it wrong. So Jesus tells a story about two men praying in the temple. Well, actually the Pharisee is in the temple because, well, he's part, clearly part of the in-group. Despite all his differences with the Sanhedrin, no one would have thought that he was not, they were not in the in-group. The group that God was concerned about. And that sinful and hated tax collector, well, he wouldn't have been allowed anywhere near where the Pharisee was because he was not in the in-group. Those lines were very rigid about who was in and who was out. Pharisee was in, tax collector out. So he is in the outer courts, not anywhere near where the Pharisee can go. And the Pharisee is praying playing his cards to God, listing his virtues, listing his holiness, and listing the, vice, listing the vices and sinfulness of others to give his holiness a little bit of extra gloss. So he's going to go, these are the cards that I have, and look how much better my cards are to everyone else's. I have very good cards. You can do almost hear a, do a Donald Trump at that point, but we won't. And then in the middle of his prayer, he stops praying and, as one commentator said, starts peeking, peeking over his shoulder at that tax collector out the back who he probably passed on the way in. And he thanks God for his own goodness and he trusts in that goodness. He is a good person and no one is going to dispute that he is a good person. And he trusts that because of that, good per of that goodness, he will be rewarded, however he understood that. But the tax collector, well, the tax collector is out of cards. He has nothing to list. 
He knows he is as bad as the worst offender. So he can't even get any extra bonus points for being better than anyone else. Can't even play that card. I'm bad, but I'm better than that group. He just knows that he is not better than anyone else. His only option is to trust in God's goodness. Not because he can offer anything to God, but simply because God is good. And so he trusts in God's goodness. He does the only thing that he can do and trusts in God's forgiveness, knowing there is nothing he can do to earn it. And that is the difference between the two people in the story. One of them, the Pharisee, give thanks to God for his own goodness. I thank you, God, that I am such a good person. And the other thanks God for God's goodness. Well, where are we in this story? Whether we like it or not, the truth is that most of us, if we're honest, find ourselves with the Pharisees far too often. And probably don't even notice it most of the time. Because we're too busy being humble. Which is one of the cards we can play. And if we were to list our virtues, well we've got quite a number, haven't we? We go to church, here we are on a Sunday morning at church. Most of us read the Bible, most of us pray, most of us are baptised, most of us are confirmed. Most of us are involved in some kind of ministry. We have a lot of cards to play, just like that Pharisee. And most of us are not like those other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers. That was the Pharisee's list. But we could add murderers and paedophiles and peamakers and drug sellers and all sorts of other categories of people that we can look down on. So whatever we understand is the point of all of this, then we should be pretty near the front of the line because we have a lot of cards to play. Thank goodness we are such good people. God will reward us. But there it is, us, standing with the Pharisee. And we as a church, well, sometimes we pride ourselves on being inclusive and welcoming and working for reconciliation and doing all those good things not like some of the other churches around but the minute we do that well there we are playing our good cards with the Pharisee look at us we're doing so well not like those other people down the road there we are standing with those disciples who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt In the end, all of that I've just listed doesn't count for much if we do it to earn some kind of reward. Because we earn nothing. Nothing. But, if we do it in response to the love that is freely given, well, that's a completely different thing. The first is like 
the zookeepers looking at the fence and building the fence higher and higher and missing the point. The point being the gate was unlocked. The second is seeing that the gate is unlocked and paying attention to that. So if we do all those things in response to God's goodness, if we do all those things knowing that we are no more or no less loved than any other person, no matter how good or bad they are in our eyes, then, then we stand with the tax collector. Maybe we're not as bad as the tax collector, but we still stand with the tax collector, which in this story is where we need to stand. So what do we give thanks for this morning? Do we give thanks to God for our goodness? Or do we give thanks to God for God's goodness? Let's just spend a moment reflecting on that.